Hello everyone, to all our listeners worldwide, welcome to LRQA's Future in Focus podcast. My name is Holly Plackett, I am a Global Marketing Executive for LRQA and I'm joined today by a returning guest of the podcast, Supply Chain Assurance Technical Director for LRQA, Kimberly Coffin. Kimberly, it's great to have you back on the podcast, how are you doing? I'm fantastic Holly and it's really great to be back talking to you again. Fantastic. And would you mind introducing yourself for our new listeners and explain a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, Holly. No problem at all. I think first and foremost, when I think about who I am, is I'm a food scientist. And I know that conjures a a particular kind of vision probably for many people, but I'm a not behind the bench food scientist, if you will, but one who's really had a career that's looked at the practical application of the science of food into the manufacturing processes. I've been really fortunate. I've had nearly 40 years working in an industry that I'm completely passionate about. Um, I'm ever so lucky that I I fell into a discipline that um, has given me um, such a great insight into something that's so important to people universally. My career has taken me many places, and I guess when I think back again about who am I, I'm also uh, consider myself very much a global citizen. And starting my career in the U.S., working for a couple different U.S. multinationals, um, then had the opportunity to work in overseas markets for one of those multinationals, and that took me to Central and South America as well as a secondment into Asia. And really, it was that that move into Asia that probably changed my view of um, food manufacturing and food safety in many respects and and looking at kind of how to get food safety outcomes, maybe not in the same environments that I was used to and working in more traditional or more advanced, if you will, or more developed food manufacturing operations that are are predominantly a very large scale when you you think about North America. Um, From there, I then um, made a personal move to Australia and I spent uh, 20 odd years working with the food sector in Australia, working predominantly in an area looking at maintaining the integrity of food uh, through audit assessment and training and the design of uh, appropriate forms of assessment to ensure food safety, uh, both for large manufacturing companies as well as uh, both of the major brands there. Uh, more recently, I've, I've now um, landed here in the UK um, in my current role with LRQA and enjoy, if you will, extending that opportunity to work with uh, a number of our strategic customers and looking at how we can help them make the next step change in managing food safety and, and, and more broadly ensuring the integrity of their products is not compromised. Great. Thank you for that, Kimberly. So we're here today to speak openly about a topic I know you're very passionate about and have a lot of experience in, which is the new era of risk we're currently living and operating in, and more specifically, how this is impacting food businesses all over the world. So if you don't mind, could we start with some scene setting and explain to listeners what we mean when we say a new era of risk? Sure, Holly. And and there's just been so much change that we've encountered. You know, I think about the food industry. Um, And when I think about the food industry, it's an industry that's always been heavily regulated. You know, it's one that has been uh, always shown a keen focus on compliance and using compliance to manage risk, which is okay when you're operating in a a reasonably stable um, environment and and a stable kind of uh, economies around the world. And and I think for most of my life, I've been fortunate that I have worked very much in what I would consider very kind of stable operating environments. 
The World Economic Forum has recently issued their Global Risk Report for 2024. And I thought in reading that, that it actually provided a really great summary of kind of what those key factors are in this new era of risk that we all need to be thinking about and considering. They've identified in the report four systematic elements um, of the global landscape that are really driving the changes in business environments that, that companies are, are working within. And those include climate change and, and, the, and the trajectories that we're seeing um, in relation to risk as related to global warming and the consequences that that's having on business. Secondly is changes in the size, growth and structure of populations around the world. You know, we are seeing movements of populations like we've never seen before for many reasons, and that offers significant risk to business. Likewise, technological acceleration. You know, we all know and we've seen and, and, and are exploring different types of technologies to actually improve the way that we do business. And there are lots of good reasons why we're seeing a, a significant advancement in use of technology. And then finally, really, the evolution in the concentration of sources of geopolitical power. Again, from my generation, I don't know that we've seen geopolitical impact on the way that we work, the way that we actually operate as a society um, like this before. And when you actually consider that in, in the context of this new era of risk, you know, we are operating in a risk landscape and it's one where threats are continuing to evolve. Increasingly, those threats are interconnected and they require businesses to really change constantly. You know, prior to 2020, things were, as I said before, quite stable. And I think since 2020, we've got this new appreciation for facts that we need to come to terms with and understand how to manage both uncertainty and the volatility that is actually present in the greater world. What a great explanation. I think what you said will really hit home with many professionals currently working in the food industry. So continuing from that, Kimberly, could you explain how risk has evolved over the last 20 to 30 years? And is there any pattern you have identified during your career in the food supply chain industry? Holly, I'm probably going to go back a bit further than kind of 30 years, because um, in thinking about this question and and thinking about really kind of those patterns, if you will, I want to relate it back to how I've seen um, risk evolve over the course of my career. And, you know, when I started working in the food industry, you know, our focus was very much on product quality and it was all about being regulatory compliant. And that was our, our, our whole focus day to day. You know, all of our techs were all functionally set around um, making sure that we complied with regulations and that we delivered superior quality in conjunction with the brand um, expectations. We then kind of saw a sharp shift. And as a result, I think of some significant food safety incidents and probably the most notable for me, I think, is the Jack in the Box hamburger E. coli 0517 outbreak that happened in the United States. And companies started to focus not just on the product quality and the implied food safety that we always had in the food that we made, but started to really focus on food safety. And food safety became the driver, if you will, of controlling risk and specifically you know, the application of Codex HACCP in how we actually viewed our production processes and our manufacturing processes. I think from there, 
and and as it kind of evolved in the next stage for me it was kind of around the early 2000s when I think about kind of what were those drivers for risk and and how did risk suddenly change and that's when you started to see the many retailers started looking at their own brand products so they were you know producing and, and not producing, but they were selling products under their own brand, but they weren't necessarily in control of those production processes. Uh, you know, we started actually thinking about not just the quality of our product, not just about the safety of our product, but we were being forced in some respects to start thinking more uh, about the brand and making sure that we were uh, not compromising on whether we were the manufacturer of the brand or that we weren't compromising potentially another brand owner's name in how we manufactured goods and, and offered them for sale to consumers. And that brings me to the latest and I think the most um, important shift that we've seen in relation to risk from a food industry perspective. And then it has to do with consumers and consumer demand and how the consumer has changed um, in the last probably 10 to 20 years. 10, definitely. And consumers have actually become, I think the first stage of that was consumers wanted and expected something new. They weren't intent just eating the same old things. They were looking for something new. They were looking to food companies and retailers to give them new foods that they could try. And really, we've had a an evolution of the appetite and the palate of the consumer, which has really meant that companies and the industries had to look at how can we actually provide to them global flavors in their local market. You know, consumers weren't content to just eat food from from their country or from their particular locality. They wanted to actually taste flavors from around the globe. And more recently, you know, consumers have also started to become very interested in and, and, and demanding, you know, foods that not only taste good and, and feed them, but also um, contribute to their overall health and well-being. Um, they want to make sure that those foods that they're consuming are, are, are actually made and in a responsible way. You know, so a big focus on animal and human welfare in the manufacture of those products and the sourcing of the materials that go into them. And, then, and most recently, Planet, you know, making sure that the products that are being manufactured aren't negatively impacting our planet. And that, you know, looking to the food industry to help them make those right choices in respect to, you know, doing the right thing for, for planet, for people and for themselves. And with all of this, you know, and in this latest iteration of um, kind of how risk has evolved from a, a, an overall food industry perspective, I think we can see that it's not just we stopped doing or managing the risk related to product quality, that continues. We don't, haven't stopped managing the risks related to food safety, that continues. We haven't stopped managing the risks to brand. So it's not we've stopped something and, and started something, but it's been this addition with each change, if you will, or each evolution of risk, it's an additional risk that we need to think about from an industry perspective. And likewise, as we're doing more and, and consumers are wanting more, there's been an implicit need for us to actually go faster. Speed is important to get those products out into the market and, and to be able to demonstrate that we're doing the right things, as well as we've had to apply new innovations. We had to look at new ways of manufacturing and actually handling and delivering food to the consumer. You set that against also every change that we make adds additional complexities to our supply chains. It may add additional complexities to the ways that we work. 
And at the same time, we need to make sure that we're going deeper and deeper into our supply chains to understand and be able to demonstrate the authenticity of the products that we're delivering and, and have clear transparency with regards to um, giving those consumers what they need. Well, thanks for that, Kimberly. It's really interesting to hear how risk has evolved, particularly the shift in consumer demand and the impact that this has had on food companies. It also seems that the pace of change has stepped up in recent years, which, of course, we know is another risk in its own right. So earlier, you briefly mentioned the impact that this new era of risk is having on businesses in the food industry. Could you possibly expand on that a bit, please? Absolutely, Holly. You know, and I'm going to go back to kind of this four key systematic um, elements of impact on the risk landscape that, you know, societally we're having to deal with. Um, and then I, when I think about those, I actually bring them kind of into kind of the context of the food industry, food supply chains, but also think about food safety specifically and how they have uh, direct impacts, if you will, on food safety. Because you know, that's what's important to me, important to our customers and, and important to kind of the industry. In my own mind, when I think about those four pillars, those very broad pillars, and I think about them in the context of kind of the food industry and food safety more specifically, I come up with six key areas of risk that um, really are having a, a significant impact on the risk landscape that the food industry is actually having to work within. One is obviously climate change. And the climate crisis and and the impact that that is having principally on primary production um, and and how and what that impact will be um, for us predominantly in sourcing materials or having the availability of materials. Um, the second one is the impact of new technologies and ways of working. As we all know, we're all having to look at different ways of working, looking at not only from a, an environmental perspective, but also from a cost perspective and actually really optimizing what and how we actually produce our products in the most efficient manners. Um, ESG expectations more broadly. So what are being expected of us from an industry with regards to, you know, the management of packaging, um, the management of water, and, and really, even more recently, really the, the heavy focus on food lost and waste and how we can actually uh, use more of the food that we produce for human consumption and making sure that we're not producing, overproducing or we're producing and that producing is actually going into a rubbish bin somewhere. Complexities of the supply chains just um, are definitely a key area of risk that every organization has been grappling with, not only now, but always from an industry perspective is how do we manage the risks associated with a, a complex and global supply network. Um, evolving cyber threats is another key area of risk, as well as always brand reputation. And, and, and fundamentally, how do we actually ensure that we are delivering to our consumers what it says on the packet and that we are going to meet those that the consumers have for information with regards to making sure that we're doing the right things, that it's safe, as well as it's meeting a number of their other values that they put important for companies that they are choosing to purchase and consume. And it's not just these six key areas risk that I think is important for us to actually think about and that really evaluate from an impact perspective. But I think we also need to acknowledge the fact that these risks are are increasingly interconnected. And for example, when I when I think about, you know, 
and as I spoke to, you know, those risks associated with that changing climate, you know, those those impacts that we're actually seeing from unpredictable weather patterns that are causing crop failures, you know, that has a direct link into that increasing complexity of our supply chain and, and the risk associated with finding new sources, onboarding new sources, actually being able to ensure that we've got transparency to origin of those materials as um, materials do and have become more scarce as well as the quality may not be of the, the standards that we're used to expecting. And, and, and thinking then about if it's not a, a product or a material not of the standard that we expect and we introduce that into our operations, what is the uh, risk impact and are the controls that we have in place for managing that risk actually going to be effective? Another key um, interrelationship that I think is really important um, and worth speaking about from an impact perspective is, you know, as we start to explore and use new technologies within our organizations, you know, and it's a must, you know, we're looking at how can we improve efficiencies, how can we actually improve and remove some of the human element with regards to verification, some of those critical factors that we use to actually maintain the safety of our products. So those controls, actually implementing IoT sensors, implementing various types of smart technology to actually do what we used to actually undertake using chats and graphs and statistical process control to give us more real-time understanding of, of potential failure or processes going out of specification. But with each of those new technologies that we actually implement and doing it all for the right reasons comes with that an increased risk to our operations with regards to the threat of cyber attack. And it, Holly, I thought it was really interesting in a, in a recent article that I read from Food Safety Magazine, you know, one in three food manufacturing companies have been targeted in 2023 by some form of cyber attack and most commonly being ransomware. So, you know, when I think about this pace of change and, and looking at those impacts of risks, I think it's really important that as organizations, we need to actually look at the big picture, as I said. So what are those big areas of risk or those big areas of challenge that we need to focus? But we need to also think about each one of those has an impact on how we manufacture food and how we manufacture it safely. And that's the important piece that we need to keep in mind. Now, I think it's also important to talk about what businesses need to do in order to be on the front foot. We've already established that risk is evolving at pace and is very likely to continue that way. So what should businesses be focusing on now in order to protect their brand in the future? Great question, Holly. And I think in short, what they need to be focusing on is what matters most. And I know that might sound um, obvious, but it's really difficult, I think, when you are faced with so much change and you are faced with so many things that you must do every day, just the tactical things to ensure that you're actually managing compliance, which is what we tend to be really comfortable with from a food safety perspective based on our heritage and, and, and how actually we've managed risk historically. For me, there's three key areas that I think that companies need to actually be focusing on and that they can improve how they actually view risk and, and, and what they actually do to ensure that they're actually managing those risks associated with the foods that they're producing um, for consumers and ensuring that they're safe. The first one is they need to focus on learning and not training, but learning and learning from successes as well as failures. So really taking the time to look at why things worked 
and, and why they've been successful when they've introduced a, a new operational process or they've made a change to a, a new particular way that they're actually manufacturing a new product, as well as learning from the failures and looking at really what went wrong, why it went wrong, and actually taking the time to tease out where they didn't actually understand what the true risk was that they were trying to manage or what happened to actually cause that failure. Too often we focus on correction and we don't actually look at what we need to do to prevent that from happening again, that particular failure. And there's a whole lot that we can do by using various elements of the systems that we have in place to actually help us really drive those learnings and actually make effective change within the way that we actually work. I think number two is we need to start to put trust in data. We need to actually really look at what data is important to our business to help inform decisions that we need to make with regards to risk, to inform the way that we actually control those risks within our processes and within our supply chain. And we need to trust it. We need to understand really what is true risk data or what data is actually really important to us to actually help us make decisions and to actually track that data, monitor that data, and look at innovative ways that we can actually use that data to actually start to give us more foresight. You know, um, AI is all the rage um, at the moment, and it's, it's the current buzzword. AI is now what blockchain was 10 years ago. It's the word. I think rather than talking about AI, we need to focus on data and actually focus on what data and actually think about ensuring that we can trust that data to help us inform what and where we have the greatest areas of risk. And once we understand where those areas of greatest risk are, we actually need to understand the impact and not just the impact to our operations, not just the impact to our business, but we need to understand the impact of that risk on food safety. We need to think negatively. So we need to understand where the vulnerabilities are in times of change. We need to think about how and what we need to do to actually address those vulnerabilities. And we need to actually then think about what data we need to capture to actually help us to understand that we actually have those vulnerabilities under control. And finally, we just need to be prepared for change. It's going to happen. We need to get better at managing and actually really using change management to actually help us deliver and help us deliver in a more agile and nimble manner. Really great insights there. Thank you, Kimberly. And one final question from me before I let you go. Looking at the current risk landscape, if you could offer one piece of advice to businesses in the food industry when it comes to anticipating, mitigating and managing risk, what would your advice be? Holly, I think it's no longer a simple yes or no when companies are faced with the need to change due to new risks being identified. We need to be informed about the impact of those risks so that we can determine the how. What a great statement to close our podcast. Thank you so much, Kimberly. It's been a pleasure and I'm sure our audience will find this a very insightful listening experience. Great, Holly. Thanks for giving me the time to um, get on my soapbox and, and share a bit of my insights. Bye for now. And finally, just a reminder to our listeners that you can find all our podcasts on our website by searching lrqa.com forward slash en forward slash podcasts. That's 
lrqa.com forward slash en forward slash podcasts. Alternatively, you can visit our homepage on Spotify by searching LRQA Future in Focus. Thank you so much for listening to the LRQA Future in Focus podcast. We hope to see you again soon. Bye.